Welcome to Maleficence, a no BS true crime podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie. And I'm Jess. And today we are talking about the murder of Valentino Trespalacios. So January 2023 was looking bright for Valentina. She was an up-and-coming DJ in Colombia, gaining a lot of popularity by the day. She had just turned 21 and recently became engaged to an American man who moved to Colombia to be with her. But just days after her 35-year-old fiancé, John, helped her move her stuff from her mother's home to their new apartment in Bogota, her body was found stuffed in a suitcase in a dumpster near the airport, and John was nowhere to be found. So how could this whirlwind romance end in such a violent tragedy? John Nelson Polos was born in 1998 and grew up in Franklin, Wisconsin. In 2009, he married his high school sweetheart, Ashley. John got into finance and investment work, and the couple went on to have three beautiful children. It seemed like everything was going really well, especially from the outside. But in 2016, their oldest son, who was four at the time, was diagnosed with a rare form of cancer. John and Ashley stuck together and rallied for their young son, even raising over $50,000 for medical bills. They also reached out to the office of the former Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, to get help pushing for approval from the FDA for a new treatment for their son's cancer that they believed would be a great option for him. Thankfully, his office was able to help, and that and a 2017 surgery that removed multiple tumors helped their young son be declared cancer-free. Although tragic, his whole ordeal seemed to unite the couple and the family and even the public. The community had been following his journey and supporting the family, so much so that John and his family were then invited as an honored guest of the Speaker of the House for the President's State of Union Address in 2018. So people were following yeah, and supporting them. It seemed as though things could only go up from here. But soon it became apparent that the marriage was not as united and wholesome as they appeared to be to the public. John was allegedly very controlling, aggressive, and even abusive behind closed doors. And in 2021, Ashley, who I'm assuming at this point was emotionally and physically tapped out from all they had gone through as a family, but now as a couple, filed for divorce. John took that as his opportunity to transfer all of the family's estate to an offshore account without Ashley knowing or even having a say. Oh, that's sketchy. Mm -hmm. So this left Ashley and his three young kids with nothing just to fend for themselves. And according to Ashley, after he abandoned them, he went and stayed in a few different European countries, such as Cyprus, Turkey, and Ukraine before eventually coming back to the States and settling down in Texas. He just like dipped out on the whole family after all that. Yeah. That's why I think that beginning part of the story is important because it kind of sets the tone for everything else that comes after. And it's so tragic because John also stopped seeing his kids after he left in January 2021. He also refused to pay child support, even when the judge ordered him to do so. He drew out their divorce and was wreaking havoc. 
Ashley was already left with nothing when she began incurring thousands in debt from their divorce. But John, on the other hand, was working the system to his advantage. He represented himself as a sovereign citizen, which allowed him to not incur any legal fees during the divorce proceedings and put them all onto her. Dude, he just did everything he could to be snaky. Yeah, absolutely. And I didn't really know what a sovereign citizen was. I know that's kind of embarrassing, but I looked it up. And for anybody else that doesn't really know, um, Google says sovereign citizen is kind of a catch-all phrase for a number of anti-government groups. There are many different sects in it as a whole, but you can go down the rabbit hole. There's a lot to learn about it, but basically... They issue their own driver's licenses and vehicle tags. They can challenge traffic laws and even question judge judges about their oaths. Most are harmless and said to be conspiracy theorists, but sometimes it can end in violence to protect their beliefs. So it, there's a whole scale um, for sovereign citizens. It's kind of like you live here, but you don't like you're not part of like the government under under the governing agency, right? Yeah, yeah like they don't want to do like to contract with the government. So they don't want yeah. to do like the taxes and things like that for their own specific beliefs. And I think I'm sure not everybody that identifies with that is a conspiracy theorist or violent, but there is a scale where people take it to the extreme. Some people that just don't believe in the contract with the government. Yeah. So. Ashley knew that he was visiting other countries, including staying in Colombia, but she had no idea that while she was fighting this divorce, he was already seeing another woman. In April of 2022, John met 21-year-old Valentina Trespalacios on a popular dating site called Tinder. Valentina lived in Bogota, Colombia, and was a popular DJ. She had been DJing since she was a teen and was gaining quite a bit of popularity around Colombia. She was big in the nightlife there. She was loved for her Latin dance music and was also known to play at all the top clubs. She lived there with her mother and her siblings, and her DJing gigs were actually what helped them get by and pay the bills. Her family was so proud of her accomplishments so far and knew that one day she would make it big. Her brother said Valentina talked about someday buying her mom a house. They were all very close. John and Valentina continued to chat online, and John decided he was finally ready to meet her in person. So he invited her to go on a luxury vacation with him to Cancun, Mexico for their first date. Things appear to have gone well on their vacation. There's photos of them and they got to know each other, eventually making their relationship official during that vacation. That's a pretty um, interesting choice of first date, first yeah. meeting. Bold step, bold step for sure. John went back home to Texas after their vacation, but over the next few, few months, he flew out to Colombia multiple times to see her. He met Valentina's family and made a great impression. They thought he was a wonderful guy. He even took her family out to breakfast at a nice restaurant and promised he'd be back to Colombia. John showered Valentina with luxury gifts, and he was sending her money through wire transfers consistently. Some sources said weekly, which I think is important to note that he has money to send to her, but can't help his ex-wife or the kids, or even just with the debt of the divorce. Yeah, it's gross. And I also want to say in this, because I didn't put it anywhere in here, but I don't believe that Valentina knew anything that was happening with Ashley or his kids or their messy divorce. So I don't think she was just like... Cool with it. Yeah, no, not at all. 
And just a few months into their romance, John proposed to Valentina, and she must have said yes, because in December of 2022, John posted on Twitter in response to a viral tweet that said, like, what was your craziest first date? John posted a photo of him and Valentina and wrote, I invited a Colombian woman on vacation before even meeting her, and now we're getting married. But those closest to Valentina started noticing some of the controlling behavior that John had with her. And they did speak to her about it, but they said she always seemed really happy with him. He seemed to be a great man. So there were some red flags that popped up occasionally, but nothing that was overly worrying for them. It later came out, John would monitor her Instagram and was often getting upset because she refused to post him and their relationship on social media. He also hired a private investigator to track her and her gigs while he was out of the country. Oh, did she know about that? I think she might have eventually found out, but this kind of came out after all of this, ha- all of the story takes place. But they were noticing some of the controlling, but I don't think anybody knew it was this intense. Yeah. So they had broken up and gotten back together a few times, but they eventually ended up back together. They were engaged. And after that December Twitter post, he told Valentina that he was ready to move to Colombia, get a permanent place and start his life with her. She agreed. And barely a month later, it would all come crashing down. On January 19th, 2023, John arrived in Bogota He told Valentina that he got them an apartment in city center where they would live for a while while they look for a house. So Valentina started packing up all her things with excitement to move in with John the next day. And there's a video of John arriving at the apartment the night of the 19th, just before 9 p.m., carrying his things, including a large blue suitcase. The next day, John heads over to Valentina's mother's house where she greets him with a big hug and a kiss before they head in to collect all of their all of her things. The couple appeared to be very happy and excited about the future. They took all of Valentina's stuff to the apartment before eventually heading out for the evening to a nightclub called Nexus where Valentina would be DJing that night. The pair were out late arriving home for good at about 5 a.m. The next day, they stayed in the apartment most of the day, recovering from the night before, and they only went out to get lunch together before heading back home. The following day on January 22nd, a man was digging in a dumpster in Bogota, not far from the airport, looking for recycling when he made a gruesome discovery. A large blue plastic-coated suitcase was thrown in with what appeared to be a body inside. The suitcase was closed, but there was a woman's head poking out of the top. The man reached out to police right away, and they were able to identify the woman pretty quickly as Valentina Trespalacios. Once they knew who the victim was, they were also able to quickly identify their main suspect, John Poulos. Authorities knew that John had an American passport, and they worried if he was involved, he would likely try to flee the country, so they headed to Bogota's El Dorado International Airport to put John on a no-fly list immediately. Once they got there, they discovered they were too late. John had boarded a flight to Panama earlier that day. Not only that, but they found out he didn't have plans to stop there. He had a flight from Bogota to Panama, a connecting flight from Panama to Turkey, where he'd take his last flight from Turkey to Montenegro. 
Authorities got to work right away to try to stop him because they knew if he were to make it to Montenegro, he would be out of their grasp because they did not have an extradition treaty with Montenegro. So Colombian authorities reached out to Panama authorities, told them everything that was happening, that he was a suspect, what they had found, and asked for their help. Luckily, they were able to intercept John as he was boarding his flight to Turkey from Panama. Oh my gosh, they like, oh, that timeline is so close. It's so quick too. I don't know. It doesn't specify how they knew immediately to look for John. I'm assuming it's because she literally just moved all her stuff in with John. And they probably, if they were together, probably tried to contact him. And when he's nowhere to be found, you know. Yeah. But it doesn't say that. That's just my assumption. Once he was in custody, John immediately insisted he was innocent. He was fleeing the country because the Medellin cartel was after him and they were responsible for Valentina's death. Now, the Medellin cartel was led by Pablo Escobar, but it's said to be no longer active since 93 when Pablo Escobar was killed and the other members eventually surrendered. So police were not buying this story at all. Not only that, but investigators were able to look at the security footage from their apartment as well as from around the city. And despite his claims of innocence, the footage ends up being pretty damning. The morning of January 22nd, hours before the discovery of Valentina's body, footage shows John coming out of their apartment just after 10 a.m. With a cart, like a shopping cart, that's carrying the same blue suitcase that he showed up with a couple days earlier. And then he has part of it covered by a gray blanket, which we're assuming is because part of her body was see her. sticking out. Yeah. A few minutes later, security footage shows him down in the parking garage, struggling to get the suitcase out of the car and into the trunk of his rental car. Like there, you can find footage, footage on Google and he is struggling. You can tell it is very heavy. Oh my gosh. Detectives use security footage also to follow John's rental car from the apartment through the city before he arrives to the dumpster in that Los Cambulos neighborhood where he dumps the suitcase before heading straight to the airport. So they see his car get to the airport and him board his flight as well. So that's pretty damning. Oh, so he had this planned if he, or did he have his ticket already or did he plan these plane rides right after? I think it was already planned and we'll kind of see why as we go through this, but I'm pretty sure he knew beforehand what he was going to do. Okay. During the investigation, it's also brought to light that the apartment that he rented for them was actually just an Airbnb rental that he had for a few days. Okay. Mm -hmm. He was, he also only rented his rental car for three days. So the family came out later and said like, he was promising her, we got an apartment, like everything's going great. But then he has these plane tickets. He just had an Airbnb. He made her bring all her stuff knowing she wasn't going to stay there. And only rented his car for a couple days. So it seems like he knew what he was doing. But why? I'm assuming it's because a lot of the theories are because he was controlling. He felt like he was losing control. He was going to lose her and decided he wasn't going to have that happen. So awful because it all happened so fast. They hadn't been Mm -hmm. together that long. Yeah, no, not at all. It was under a year, I think 10 months between everything. It was also discovered that Montenegro was not his actual last place to stop, like his last plan. John had purchased a one-way ticket in cash to Sao Paulo, Brazil, to throw off the manhunt when he knew it would eventually happen. 
An autopsy of Valentina's body shows that she died by mechanical strangulation. She had bruises all over her body, including her lips, her arms, and trauma to her head. The autopsy also indicated she had sexual relations with her killer shortly before her death. John has continued to deny any involvement in the murder, but the evidence is overwhelming. He was how, den- how do you deny like the video footage of you with a suitcase? Like, yeah, that's, people. that's what I don't understand either is there's footage from the night before this all happens. And you can see her kind of recording John going into the elevator like he leaves somewhere for just a little bit, but she doesn't. And that's the last footage of her alive. And it looks like they're maybe having a little argument. She looks like displeased while she's recording him. And the next morning, he comes out by himself with the heavy suitcase that she's found in. Yeah, no, bro. Yeah, I don't understand how he's denying any of that at all. So he was arrested and charged with femicide, which is not a charge that we have here in the U.S., but it's a specific charge to the killing of a woman by a man based on her gender. If convicted, he could face 20 to 60 years behind behind bars. Keep in mind, Columbia does not have the death penalty. And this case struck an emotional chord with the public. They were appalled with John because of the circumstances surrounding the case. But not only that, that, but the fact that she was a well-known and loved figure around the nation. She People knew who she was. She was an up-and-coming DJ. And the issue of gender-based killing and femicide has been something that has been an issue for years. So that that already was too much for everybody. When people found out who was defending John on the case, they started sending the lawyer death threats and hate mail, and eventually it became too much, and the attorney that was on John's case quit. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a very big deal. John's ex-wife, Ashley, had no idea that he was even engaged, but expressed her condolences for the family. And Valentina's family lost not only their loved one, but their provider a sister, a daughter, she will always be missed. And hopefully when John has his day in court, he gets what he deserves because he hasn't, this is all still unfolding. So we're still waiting on a court date to go through. And I think we'll get a lot more details of what other evidence they have against him when that comes up. But I can't imagine he'll, he would beat this. No. I mean, how could you even defeat that video evidence? Mm -hmm. Like there's no way. Yeah. And I do want to say, too, like I stated last week, if you or anyone you know is a victim of domestic abuse, please reach out to the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 800-799-7233, or you can visit thehotline.org. That is all the factual evidence that I have on the case. I know it's a short one this week, but this I couldn't stop thinking about this case. It I hadn't heard about it, and it's so shocking and so heartbreaking. On There's so many levels to it. Ashley found out about all this secondhand. She knew that he was being horrible to her, but she had no idea until the crime that he was seeing someone engaged in, in an abusive relationship with someone else before taking her life. Can you imagine the like, that's so insane to go through what you went through with this man. And then he ended up murdering another woman. Like, th- like not, I mean, it doesn't, how do I say this? Like he didn't, at least he didn't hurt his kids. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Like, the, you know, now his kids have to grow up with like their dad doing this, what they did growing up. And then, oh my gosh, like there's so like you said, so many layers. Like, yeah. I can't imagine being them and ugh. 
that's what I imagine there would be that feeling of like, that could have been us, but also the guilt of like, but it was someone else. Yeah. Like the two, both sides are so messed up. Yeah. A double edged sword. And she also, you know, he abandoned her family, took all of their money, drug out the divorce. And now she had to come out and make a public statement. That's where you get the information about their son and their marriage and you know, that it was abusive because she had to come out and make a statement because there was so much swirling around and she got drugged into his murder scheme. So it's just another thing that he's doing to her publicly. See, that, that's why it's so weird to me, though. Like, why? Like, you were so controlling in that situation where you took all of the assets, all of the money, left them with nothing, you know, because you were so controlling. Why didn't you just leave her, too? Like, why did you have to kill her? Yeah. Why didn't you just take everything and leave? That's what I don't understand. That's what, I don't think Valentina had a lot for him to take. What? So some of the theories that I was reading um, was because if you look up, this woman is gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. And there she, her Instagram is still up and there's um, videos and clips of her DJing. Her friends talk about like how incredible she was like a bright light smart and like dedicated like she was going to make it big she even got an award for like best up and coming dj in 2019 and um i think that threatened him i think that's all it ever was is once she gave her once she gave him her attention it was all about preserving it after that regardless of the cost for him yeah i think he knew she was out of his league and she wasn't posting him publicly and it just hit his ego real hard. I think leaving wasn't an option because he felt like that's as good as it was ever going to get. Man, I'll never understand what goes through these, the, the minds of these men like that. Yeah. I, I have no idea either. Especially because she agreed to marry you. Like she moved in with you. The timing is weird for me. I'm sure we'll get more information, but she moved in with you. Almost, maybe they had a fight and she was going to break it off or I don't really no, know. But that doesn't, that doesn't, then that doesn't align with the Airbnb thing though. If he that's, thought yeah, things that. were all good, good. So that's what I'm saying. Like, why did he decide to do this at this yeah. time? Cause obviously but, if it was pre-planned and premeditated though, why? That's what yeah. I don't get. I think maybe it's cause they had like broken up and got back together. But um, at this point she's, you came here and she's committed herself to you enough to move, move in. You guys go to her gig and there was two articles, but I didn't know like for, if they for sure happened, cause I didn't see it reported really anywhere else, but they were saying that the night that they moved into the apartment, they left to go to her gig at the, the nightclub, her, she, they got a ride share and the driver said that he got a text in the app saying, help me. I'm in trouble. And when she got in the car, he was like, are you okay? Do you need help? But then John got in the car and she was like, oh my God, it was just an accident. It was just an accident. So I saw that reported a couple places, but I didn't, I think that would be a bigger deal. Like, I don't know if for sure if it happened, I guess is my long way of saying that. But so maybe trouble started right away. I'm not sure. But yeah, that again, though, it being an Airbnb, like that motive had to have been planned out in motion for days. Yeah, you would think, man, it's so unfortunate. It's, I don't under, I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't either. But I definitely 
pray for Valentina's family. They're, I can't even imagine how heartbroken they're tight. Like they're, they're very close. Um, she lived with them, supported them. She has siblings that say nothing but incredible things about her. Um, her friends, like I said, like they just talked about how determined and like loyal and fierce she was. And that was all stolen from them. Yeah. And I can't imagine what that must feel like. They, her brother talks about in some of the articles, like he doesn't even know what they're going to do, you know? Yeah. And that's awful. But we'll know more though, right? Because we haven't even had trial mm-hmm. yet and he's pleading not guilty. So obviously there's going to be a trial as of right now, correct? Yeah. And I feel so- like once the trial happens, especially if we get more information, we can do a little update. But I think just yeah. because the story isn't 35, 45 minutes long, that it's, I still think it's important to tell. No, I definitely do too. And I'm definitely going to watch this one because that's, I don't know how you deny all the evidence that they already have. So it'll be interesting to see if we get a motive out of the trial too. But again, most of these guys are very narcissistic. They're not really going to give you a motive. They're going to place the blame on the victim or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet you at some point he's going to be like, well, it's self-defense. And then (laughs) I panicked. Like, yeah, she made me mad. It was her fault. I was mad. Seems like he would be one of those guys to do that. But I will say that from what I read, he's really smart. Like, you know, the whole sovereign citizen and the loopholes with the the law and like buying his tickets and stuff like he is in finance Calculated. and investment. So yeah, he's, I bet you he has some tricks up his sleeve to try. And I wonder what that's going to look like in trial. Maybe yeah. he will represent himself. <laughs> we could hope. <laughs> yeah. And then Then he can't blame anybody else when it goes terrible man poor that poor woman you can find sources for this episode in the show notes to view photos about the case check out our instagram at maleficence podcast thank you for listening to maleficence if you like the show make sure to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts and share with your friends Then follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Maleficence Podcast. We'll see you next Friday with a brand new episode.